Hey everyone, welcome to So Taboo, your weekly podcast where we talk about everything you don't want to talk about, ranging from women's health to overall wellness. Hi! Hey, Simone. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Locked in a House for 50 million, <laughs> for 50 days, aka So Taboo Pod. Um, yep. We're here, you know, living, thriving. We're grateful that we're not sick. Yeah. People are getting sick, but, you know, it, it's also important for us to still get content out to you guys and talk to you about what's going on or what, what might be going on in your own, you know, mental, physical, wellness, and health. Um, we have a special guest. We have Chanel back on the podcast. She was, she's the um, CEO and founder of Wet Kitty Entertainment. She's also my sister, and she also represents a marginalized group. Um, she's a part of the LGBTQ plus community. And we just wanted to get on and talk about just some of the things um, going on in her community, how she's handling it. Uh, it, it. You know, there's so many things going on in, in politics right now. Well, you know, it's been going on for a while now, but especially with the president we have now, um, it's, it's just important to check in and make sure that everyone is handling things. So, hey, Chanel, thanks for coming back, sis. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me again. Of course. Yeah, so first of all, how have you been handling um, quarantine? <laughs> um, actually, it's been pretty smooth for me um, because I work from home. And so in addition to my business, I also work in, um, you know, the human services field as a compliance individual. Um, and so, you know, we have to stay up to date with the ongoing changes within a community, um, any new laws um, and, you know, procedures. So for me, um, I'm remaining busy. You know, there's a lot of information that's being put out there by the CDC, OASIS, OMH. And um, yeah, but I do know that there are a lot of individuals who are not working from home, you know, and it's different for them. So. I am a fortunate individual. I'm also currently healthy and I am, you know, very humbled um, and, and extremely grateful to just be healthy and be here today. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. So prior to us getting on, we were actually like talking about the government and things like that. And one of the things that came up was, um, you know, just some of the, minority groups that are affected by our, our current administration and one group has to do with you know lgbtq plus community and i just wanted to get um chanel's take on that as a lesbian who may be affected by 
not only like government policies, but just in general, like what mental implications it have it has on her and um, people that she knows. I feel like we did a whole episode on like depression, anxiety, and all these things um, for, in our mental health. But we did it from a very, from very much our perspective and like the perspective of a guest that we had on the time, which was a straight black male. So now it'll be interesting to talk to uh, a, a gay black female about her, you know, her child and tribulations and things of that nature. So starting with like how you feel about government and how they treat, how they treat your, your community. Um, start with that, Chanel. Um, I know, so, so yeah, uh, that's a lot. Um, I know that there are a lot of issues with the government and supporting the LGBTQ community. And then there have been, you know, tremendous strides in the community. But I wanna just be more specific to this current pandemic. And, um, and this next comment is definitely subjective. So there are some people who do suffer from mental health um, concerns and, mm -hmm. Um, some of these individuals may be transgender, um, you know, a couple I do know that are transgender, and then some are gay males, you know. Mm -hmm. And so individual experiences is just that. It's an individual experience regardless of your orientation. But mm -hmm. with that being said, there are some people that isolate themselves from, you know, the the overall community based on their experiences. And rightfully so, some people feel the need to take extra measures to protect themselves, you know, from bias and, you know, other harsh treatments. And so they only connect with their immediate community, which is the LGBT community. And so now considering our, you know, current situation, this pandemic, um, these individuals might not have a source of, you know, um, companionship, you know, um, some form of comfort. I am so happy that we're in a time where we can use technology, you know, to video chat and call and do group messages and, you know, or group FaceTimes or even go on Facebook and watch videos. But again, when you're dealing with an individual who comes from our community, who suffers from mental health, um, who might not have a strong support system, I'm very concerned for them, you know, because they're I, on top of normally isolating themselves, they're now forced to isolate themselves. Okay. Um, so talking about me, I miss my friends, you know, of course. I miss my family. Um, and I feel like I'm just a machine right now, you know, I'm working, I'm reading, I'm doing my part to be a part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem. So, you know, making sure I protect myself, making sure that I'm only exiting my house, you know, when it's absolutely necessary. But I, I do, I feel a, a sense of detachment, you know, I'm also one of those individuals who had a hard time you know connecting overall i'm a very outgoing person but it's still that fear you know um from past experiences and so there are times where i connect more with individuals within my community 
And so now I feel like that's taken away from me, you know? And so going to planning, right? We had all these plans and, and things that we wanted to do. And now here we are. And it kind of puts things in perspective again, you know? Um, you can plan as much as you want, but you, nev you never know uh, where tomorrow might lead you. So just speaking about our current administration and like President Trump and how he is very, obviously he's a racist. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just going to say it out there. He's a racist and he definitely, um, he's not into women's rights. And he also doesn't care about the LGBTQ plus community and, and, and the rights that people have to multiple things as a lesbian does that ever concern you? Because I know as a black woman, that concerns me. So I know you, you have that, but you also, has a, you also have an added layer. And I feel like that can cause maybe more mental turmoil than someone who maybe, I mean, it all sucks. <laughs> like we all yeah. have to go through, you know, being marginalized, being oppressed, but, you know, having that, that added layer, um, of being in a same-sex relationship, maybe even wanting same-sex um, medical rights to have kids, and you know, to go, to do, like to do certain things that our administration obviously doesn't support. Like, how do you handle that mentally? Um, I think it day by day. It is very scary. I will say that. You know, I, I think about how it was for me as a, you know, a, a, a little girl growing up mm -hmm. who had these feelings and didn't know how to identify those feelings because, you know, we didn't have TV shows. We didn't have the Degrassi's or, you know, we didn't even have a RuPaul. And um, I didn't know where the village was. And so during the time that I was growing up, even aggressive women who um, did not like uh, feminine clothing, you know, and they, they, they were more comfortable and more loose fitting clothing. Um, they had to present a certain image, you know, um, and couldn't be the, their true selves. So I, I was very excited to start seeing figures on t in TV, um, in the movies, you know, uh, being able to identify places to go where people were just like me, mm. you know, and then, you know, something great happened again. We had someone in office who saw the LGBTQ community's needs and advocated for those needs. And so there were things put in place, such as being now you know, you can take your insurance, depending on what type of insurance you have, and mm -hmm. you can start that process, you know, um, artificial insemination, you know, whereas before you, it was just straight cash. Yeah. So, you know, having those institutions, um, or even when you're working, you know, your partner doesn't have to be your domestic partner, but now you can add them on to your benefits as a dependent, whereas before you couldn't do that. So yeah, that's all of those fun. things, yeah, it started made, making me feel included, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, so also, this is just another image for, you know, for you to take in. When, I'm, when you're walking down the street with your partner and you're in the same sex relationship, you know, and you're, you, people will look at you 
differently, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, as if you, you're a virus, mm-hmm. you know, and there's something that you can catch. You know, there was even a, a thought for a, for a while that being a lesbian, gay, bisexual can be corrected. Yeah. You know, so now we had, we have these healthcare professionals who are taking um, LGBTQ um, uh, cultural, you know, um, cultural classes. Um, They're learning terms. They're learning the right pronouns and, 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 and learning to be comfortable to ask the right questions, you know, because not every person who's in the community who was born of one gender refers to themselves as another gender regardless of how they dress you know so assuming that is also ignorant but again there were education that was now being you know um implemented to give these healthcare professionals and these clinicians um this cultural competency on how they can relate and communicate with the lgbtq community so now we have this individual in an office and I feel like we're going backwards yeah you know people who have platforms your words stick yeah Uh, people take your word like it is the word yeah and so when you describe a group of people to be and you dehumanize these group of people I feel like we're going backwards yeah for sure. And I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared for the young people that are coming up. You know, I'm very worried for, you know, the youth. You know, we have children who also have these questions and they have these figures that they're able to turn to, but they're also looking at the media and who knows what they're experiencing, you know, even from adults. And we can't assume that adults have enough sense to not treat, you know, children a certain way. No, you know, so now you have this person with this platform who's feeding all this hate. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very nerve wracking. And, you know, right now we're in the, soon we'll find out who will be in the office for the next four years hopefully not him. (laughs) Um, But I feel like, like you said, like, like you got, like it was a whole bunch of shit. Then there was a light at the end of the tunnel somewhat. And then there's a back to a whole bunch of shit. So like, how do you feel like based on your experience, on your personal experiences um, growing up and discovering yourself, like how did, how did you handle, you know, politics aside because that was kind of like a starting point but just in general the ignorance of people because regardless of how much we hate I, I hate it's a strong word how much we dislike our current administration a lot of the people coming out of the woodworks already felt that way they just needed somebody to give them the green light to be racist homophobic and all that other stuff transphobic and etc so like I'm sure you've been dealing with things much longer how, how have you navigated your your um your wellness and got through things as you mature as an adult um even now it's a struggle yeah. I, I i will be completely transparent it's a struggle and for a while so um now you know i still find like i have issues um dealing with certain interactions and 
sometimes I don't know how to respond to it and I don't know how to take up for myself, mm -hmm. even now. And however, I know that I found my voice more than what it was, you know, as a teenager, you know, um, and uh, it's sad to say, but it's just, again, it's just things that you get used to, mm -hmm. you know, and you know better when you're exposed to different things. Um, so like counseling, but again, this is your everyday life. So we can put all the nice words together and, you know, these policies, but living in communities, especially dealing with certain communities, um, if you live around a, bunch, uh, a lot of people who are against the LGBTQ community, this is your, this is what you live in every day. Yeah. So if you turn on your TV and you hear all this inspirational messages, but when you walk out your house, you're getting nothing but hate. It's hard to hold on to that message of love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and so with that, you isolate yourself. And I've done it. Hmm. You know, there's, there's been many of days where I didn't want to go outside or to certain events because I just, I didn't want to cause problems. I didn't want my partner and I to have to deal with the fight because someone has something smart to say because they see two women holding hands. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it, it doesn't feel good. So Chanel, like, I know you spoke about like some of the struggles that you faced and, you know, trying to get past that, but what are some ways that you found that helped, that are kind of helping you cope with it? I know it can be a struggle sometimes. So have you found some coping mechanisms or certain things that you do to kind of move past it or to keep going? Um, somewhat, you know, there's some things that you can manage mm -hmm. per se like you you know you're able to cope with it to a certain extent but you really never get past it and it's yeah. just other things that happen you know um hate never stops so for me um it's funny but i started adapting like these personalities um so i watched these fierce women on tv mm -hmm. and um, even RuPaul, I am a huge fan of RuPaul. Mm -hmm. Um, and watching RuPaul growing up and then other, you know, individuals, um, even Lil' Kim, I, you know, there was just certain aspects of what they showed for me as an individual and what I took from that. And so one of the things that I took from that is if people are going to beat you, you know, beat you down right and you don't say anything or you take the high road and it happens what's the worst that can happen if you stand up for yourself mm -hmm. the first time i stood up for myself it was so nerve-wracking i really was shaken and it was just a guy and you know there's certain men and they say certain things when they see two women like oh you know i can f the gay out of you mm. or you're too pretty to be gay mm -hmm. and 
me, I'm an introvert. So when I get nervous, I laugh mm -hmm. a lot. <laughs> um, but it wasn't some, it, you know, it was just these situations kept occurring and I, I wanted it to stop and I wanted to get past my nervousness. So I just, for once, I said what was on my mind. You know, of course, it ended up in an argument, but I felt good. Mm -hmm. I felt good after because regardless of what, he was still degrading me. Mm -hmm. So why not? And so when I did it, it, it was very empowering, but it was also so freaking scary. Yeah. You know, it was like this mixed emotions. So what I do for me, you know, I, I just... Honestly, I just stop. When the situation is happening, you know, sometimes I just react without thinking, you know, I'm a human being. And other times I'm able to just look at it and, and look at the individual who's pretty much spewing the hate. And if you really don't have any grounds for your beliefs, there's nothing to support your beliefs. It helps me to see that you're just ignorant and that has nothing to do with me you know, but that's still, again, a lot of work. Yeah, and, of you know, it, it's still um, a balance of turning the other cheek. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that um, Martin Luther King, or we're going to do Malcolm X on him, you know, so. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, even as like your little sister, and first of all, let's just say this, Chanel, back in the dizzy, <laughs> you turn every freaking head it was so annoying like just walking down the street with her was a problem and it used to drive me crazy because people used to like come to try to hit on her and then like try to like befriend me because they thought I was her way the way into getting her number or some crap like that like that used to drive me crazy but like <laughs> I did, um, I, but I remember I know that huh? I what? you don't remember that person that that person who was like um they had a frisbee and they're like i'll throw the frisbee for you or something like that i had a frisbee something there was a frisbee involved and i just remember that person trying to go off and roofed my frisbee and i was so mad and it was just supposed to be like I, it was so funny but whatever this was just me as like a kid like my perspective of things and i was just yeah. like she don't even want you <laughs> <laughs> but i do remember like from both ends you know like you like the way you handle like men and women um approaching you especially aggressive as men um you were kind of like you were calm in a lot of those situations like and I remember one time I don't know if you remember this but somebody got really angry and um you were like you stopped and you were like really nice and I was like wow how would you do that and he's like Smo, it's better to be nice and get out the situation to then to be bark off and you could tell that that person was mad hostile and you don't know what it, what he would have done and I'm with you you know what I mean so and that taught me a lot at a young age so to know that you have to go through that one walking alone or even walking with your little sister but two also walking walking with the person you're dating you know because men are disgusting and people I should say are disgusting and you know seeing two women together not everyone is mature enough to be like okay, those are two people who love each other, L leave them alone. Yeah. But just seeing that little piece of it at a young age really shaped, I think, how I thought about things and really, like, helped me matured and, like, really, like, lowered my tolerance for the bullshit. 
to this day because it was you crazy. Know, it is. And I, it was just, that's amazing hearing your take, you know, from those situations, you know. Um, one, again, talking about just how people can affect you. First of all, I people trying to get with me, I never looked at it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's how insecure I was. I didn't think people were looking at me in a sexual way. I just thought that they was just being, you know, just nasty, you know, just, yeah. just like real beastie like, you know, like, yeah, so that's how I took it. I didn't take it like, oh, they found me attractive, you know, and again, that's what abuse does to you. That's what trauma does to individuals, you know, so, and, and it, half of the time it doesn't come from adults. I mean, come from children. It comes from adults. Yeah. You know, and it's, we then incorporate that into how we see ourselves. Yeah. And then also it goes into the other part of what you were explaining. I don't remember, I remember part of that. And I do remember saying something like that to you. Only you were my first priority. And so you have to pick your battles because you don't know what people are holding. And that's how real it was. Like somebody would come up to you and just say something. And they have, there's something behind that. It's not just they want to be nasty. No, they want to cause physical bodily harm to you. Like, so you have to be careful, especially if you don't have something to protect yourself. Yeah, because some people definitely are predators. And I felt like, I think part of the reason why I was so surprised at your reaction is because I know that you can pop off. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, why is she being so nice? Like, Like, you know, I was ready to turn up. And um, and you were so calm, and that was a big lesson to me at that age. And you know, but and I and I do get like a lot of it does come from, from adults, which sucks because I'm, I think I mentioned we ha- Shanice and I had a live, and I was just saying how like some of these babies out here, you know, are so bullied from both adults and kids that they're and they don't have the safety at home when they like come out the closet or whatever that they're killing themselves and I would hate for that to happen to my child so it is it kind of comes from everywhere you know so yeah. it, it it can be tough when you don't have especially sanctuary at home um that that shit is hard yeah. you know you know it, it was definitely hard coming out to mommy it's just sometimes parents don't understand or know when they say certain things how a child can take it and how far a child can interpret that message you know and mommy she's my mother she's a um she's very nurturing you know and she's very protective and with that she sometimes she'll communicate a message when she feels that you're not yet mature to deal with a certain aspect of life she'll communicate it to tell you that it's too much but then some, you know, for me, it was like, okay, so I don't want to scare the crap out of my mom. Uh, you know, I was more of an exploring type of child. Mm-hmm. If I was curious about something, you know, like a fire, you know how your parents tell you, don't, stove is hot, don't touch it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a child, my mom, stove is hot. No, I'm going to touch it because I need to see what that is like. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just my personality. So just thinking about my personality my mom, you know, I did have support from, you know, and I had a very nurture, have still a very nurturing mom. However, 
I was still scared to talk to my mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but luckily so. You were like the test baby in in a sense. (laughs) Like, you know, like we have multiple members of our family or just close close family friends or whatever that are um, on a spectrum, whatever label that they want to go by. I'm not going to label nobody. But so, but Chanel was in a sense the first person to be like open and pre- you know present that. And I feel like my mom, although for me I was super young, so and I was like obsessed with this girl. So like anything she said, I was down for. But you know, my mom, I think coming from a certain mind, not not that she was necessarily closed-minded, but just not being exposed to anything else. It took her time to learn and time to like okay you know like you know what I mean like of course like I can understand why you were afraid because who would who would have known you know what I mean what she would have said or how she would have acted or at that time it was like you had no example I felt like there was nobody like I could look to you and my other sisters for certain things but you know and you could probably look to our older sister for certain things but you couldn't look to her for coming out the closet like who who could you look to so like I would be afraid too. So like, I commend you for that. Cause that's hard. Like that's, you know, you could, you basically told her like, you think I'm this way, but I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, yeah. I both had to handle that in your own ways. That's tough. That, I mean, I can only imagine, like I've seen, like, I know friends that have gone through that. I've seen like situations like that. And it's always like, kind of like, um, I don't know. It's very like an anxiety type of situation because you don't know how your family, your loved ones are gonna react, and it could, it could, it could go left or right. So, yeah. you know, from what you guys are explaining, it seemed like your mom was kind of like taken aback a little bit and didn't really like, I guess, know how to react or whatever. But um, it seems like now, like she's, you know, she came around and like she obviously accepts you and loves you for who you are but like just the journey and getting to that point I can only imagine is like it's work so like how did like have you ever um I guess in a way like felt like with you know your partners or whoever you were involved with like how did how did that work when you know, family relations came up? Like, was it something that you bonded with your partner on? Or like, was it something that, you know, they didn't necessarily have that experience and you kind of had to explain like, well, my mom or whoever had, you know, reservations about it. How, how was that interaction? So for me, we really didn't talk about that growing up. Okay. Because there weren't a lot of, people so I went to Evander High School I went to a couple of high schools in the Bronx and you didn't have a lot of kids that were out and if they were it was a secret you know Mm -hmm. so I didn't have anyone to talk to and when I finally came out the closet I actually lost friendships you know and I even remember um my first year high school there was were they with were they with girls like your female friends or like guy friends Female friends. Female friends, okay. And even the guys started acting differently. It was like, they, it was a need for some to, you know, for them to prove something. So mm-hmm. I hung out with a lot of guys. That was just my personality. I had a very rough, I was a tomboy. Okay. And so, girly in a sense, but a tomboy. So I, you know, I 
scrapes and bruises. I'm climbing stuff. You know, that's, that was just me, you know? So the guys at one point, it was like, you know, I was just a little sister, a bro. But the moment that it was like, you know, they know, knew I like, and what's up? I'm your friend, you know? And it, it's, this is a conversation never had when they thought that I was dating boys. But the moment they knew that I like girls, it was like, hey, what's yeah. good? Yeah. And as far as the females, it was just it's aggressive. So I had my types and, you know, my over that. And so my female friends which they were never really friends it was like oh you're gay now you can't spend the night no more you know we no longer can relate to you Mm -hmm. and I remember this girl and she was uh, from 1199 high school it was an alternative high school that I went to and it was a friendship that I really cherished and it was the first time that I really connected with a girl like that since my you know elementary school and so she flat out told me that she couldn't be my friend anymore because I was gay mm. I know her you met her I you, I think you might remember you? her you know I don't want to say her yeah, name you know in case she's listening but even now you know I I remember her and it hurt and it mm-hmm. affected me and it affected how I opened up to females mm-hmm. that were, you know, heterosexual females. And that was hard. And it, and it also played into my, my relationship with my sisters. You know, I isolated myself from my sisters because I felt like I was the weirdo. Mm. Um, but to backtrack a little bit, what I will say about my mom is, because I, I, I want to really hone in on this, because we have a lot of children, you know, a lot of kids out there who don't have parents that are that open-minded and supportive. So although my mom had reservations, it wasn't in a sense where um, she just couldn't be around me, or not that extreme, or it, it was like we had this constant conversation about my sexuality. No. How she was raised, you know, and going to the Bible, she just felt a man should be with a woman. Mm-hmm. And when I told her, she thought she did something wrong as a mother. So instead mm-hmm. of looking at me, she looked at herself. And it was like, don't do that, you know, because even though you think you're, you're, you're helping me, you're making it a little bit, you know, it's going in the different direction because now I'm worried about how I'm making you feel Mm -hmm. but we had that conversation so with my mom she just was never okay with who I dated that was just my mom she always felt like I I, I deserved better and as our parents do Mm -hmm. but we have a lot of kids out there who have parents that are very strict you know whether it's the culture so for my family we're half are Jamaican you know so 
the culture um, or religious reason, reasons. And if the child came out to their parents, they're being put out of their house. There's so many homeless runaways or they, they're going through these extreme cases where they're sending them away so that it's uh, you know, beaten out of them, if you will, for lack of better words. Mm-hmm. And my situation was not in my household, not at all compared to that. Yeah, and and it and it's and it's, you know, like that's why I feel like that's why I said that what I said in the live because like you could have had I mean nothing against you know mommy's reservations or whatever but like you said it could have been way worse like she could have been like get the fuck out of here whatever you what you doing through the Bible at you or did some crazy shit yeah. <laughs> and thank God that she wasn't like that which all parents should be you know obviously like if you're expecting one thing and you in in something else comes up there's always a moment of adjustment but as long as you adjust and you show love and care to the person who who you who to your loved one I think that's most important and I think that you know it's important for everyone to just realize that a is not your business but b just like you said earlier share love share light like it's not it's like nothing's the end of the world mommy even blaming herself like that was super problematic because it's not a matter of blame you know i have nothing to do with you this is what i like you know what i mean so i feel like um you know i'm glad that like even i feel like even with your siblings like there wasn't from from my point of view i should say at the time there wasn't like a huge for me i was like whatever that's what you like. I don't care. Like I was just, I was obsessed with this girl. I, I just <laughs> like yeah, you've I, always been that I supportive. I, I remember she. she <laughs> oh, I told the story. Oh my gosh, I told the story on this podcast before that how I cried at the door when my sister went to school. This is the sister that I was crying for, and I stayed at the door until she came back from school because she left me and I was upset. But anyway, <laughs> so, so like for no, me, I don't think Simone <laughs> ever got over that. At that age. <laughs> I don't think so. Right? <laughs> I had to go to school, Mo. Yeah. Oh, I remember being mad. Like, where you going? What you mean? <laughs> but um, anyway, um, but yeah, so I feel like it's important, like, you know, if anybody takes anything from this podcast to say everyone goes through things. And if you're a part of the LGBTQ plus community, like it's important to find you know, your, your, your network, people to support you, to talk to somebody. Um, and if your family isn't supportive, if you're a family member of someone in the LGBTQ plus community, let me say that, it's important to realize like how your words can affect your loved ones. Like if someone yeah. comes out to you, um, little like comments, smart shit that you might say, um, all that shit, people hear you. Like I'm sure there were jokes made that Chanel heard, you know, there are things that our, our other siblings heard or um, family members that are part of the community heard. And that shit affects you same way how as a black person, you hear somebody say a little smart comment about, ooh, mm, your hair's looking a little wild today. Like, what the fuck you mean my hair's wild? I just did a twist out. <laughs> like, yeah. that, you know, so let me not speak on the, on the point of view of someone in the community. I'm speaking on the point of view of a family member, of an of a ally it's important to realize that words matter. And that's how kind of what I think we could wrap it up on that we all agree, like words matter and you should always lead with love because at the end of the day, we're all human, right? Right. Absolutely. 
And if you don't know about something, you know, ask, just ask a question. Good point. It hurt to ask a question. Very true. Very true. So Chanel, Chanel thank you again for yes. recording with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we can go like on and on, but I think this was a great, great conversation, a great starter. Hopefully someone like listens to this and affects them. Um, you know, and yeah, Shanice, where can they find us? Yes, so make sure you, again, follow us on all of our platforms so you can find our episodes on SoundCloud, under Soul Taboo Podcast, and iTunes Podcast, and you can follow us on Instagram at Soul Taboo Pod, Facebook, and Twitter, all the same handle. And if you have any questions or any topics that you would like to talk about or hear us talk about, or even potentially be a guest, you can email us at asksoultabooPod at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to answer you and, you know, we just want to have that conversation with you guys and to hear what you guys think. So thanks again, uh, Chanel. Um, and thanks again, listeners. Uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.